Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. Hi, on Seattle Now, we work to bring you news and perspectives each day that help you understand this place. The news can be a lot, but... Our show helps you feel connected to Seattle in all its weirdness and complexity. We do it in about 15 minutes. This high-quality local coverage only happens when you support it. So give what you can and support Seattle now. Just check out the show notes for a link to donate. And thanks. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. Election Day is around the corner, and it's time to look through that voter's pamphlet. But for unsheltered people, getting the materials and resources needed to vote can be a challenge. We'll hear from a local organization on how they help people get registered and cast their ballot. But first, let's get you caught up. Washington Attorney General Bob Ferguson and 41 other state attorneys general are suing Facebook parent company Meta for harming young people's mental health. The suit alleges that Meta knowingly designed features on Instagram and Facebook that addict children to its platforms. Features like the like or reaction buttons, push notifications that ping the user repeatedly with sounds and vibrations, and the infinite scroll function that provides users with endless content. Ferguson said yesterday, despite growing concern from lawmakers and the public, Meta refused to make reforms that would protect young users. The off-duty pilot accused of trying to shut off the engines of a Horizon Airlines jet appeared in court for the first time yesterday afternoon in Portland. Yesterday's criminal complaint says Joseph Emerson told police he believed he was having a nervous breakdown and he hadn't slept in 40 hours. Emerson told officers he had recently experimented with magic mushrooms, though it's not immediately clear if he was high at the time of the flight. He pleaded not guilty to 83 counts of attempted murder yesterday. And the San Juan Islands are considering an annual tourism fee of $10 to $15 for bikes, boats, and cars. Seattle Times reports the county says the money would fund management and infrastructure improvements to assist the people who live on the islands. County data says the proposal received low to medium support from residents on the three main islands during the public meeting process in 2022. If approved, both visitors and residents would have to pay the fee. We're about two weeks away from the November election in King County, and ballots were sent out last week. But what if you don't have a mailbox or a regular address? It can be a lot harder to vote if you're unsheltered. That's where people like Jody Rao step in. She works with Seattle King County Coalition on Homelessness to provide voter education and resources for casting a ballot. Some of the people she serves are formerly incarcerated. In 2022, Washington passed a state law to restore the vote for people convicted of a felony as long as they're not currently serving a sentence in prison. She met one of those people in Renton at her voting information booth. And this one person, you know, sort of paused and slowly kind of like was walking towards us, not making eye contact with myself or any of our volunteers, but was really looking at this poster that we had hanging up at our booth and continued to walk up to it and sort of really was taking the information in and then like kind of slowly turned to me and he said, you mean I can vote? 
And I said, yeah, you can. And the expression on his face was such a gift that I was able to witness that moment for this person. And it was, you know, the first time that they had even heard of that information and was so excited. Helping people understand their voting rights and connecting them to resources is a top priority for the coalition. And they've engaged with about 450 people at sites around the area to talk about voting and help with registration. Jody is here to give us a rundown on what's being done to help boost voting for people without a home. Jody, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here with you all. So before we get started, I wanted to ask you what you hear from people who are unsheltered who say they want to vote. This is a group of people with a lot of challenges in their daily lives, let alone trying to obtain a ballot, think about a candidate, and vote. So what do you hear from them about why they want to vote? Well, I think for folks that are living unhoused or stably unhoused, they really reflect what a lot of the general population struggle with around democracy and voting and participating in our current two-party system. They're wanting to be informed. They're wanting to know what are the issues that are happening. They want to know where to get good information that is uh, vetted and not, quote unquote, misinformation. And then unlike folks that are living stably housed, they have a, a a couple layers of barriers that can make all those things harder. And so that's where we step in and really try to Um, remove a lot of those barriers for folks and answer questions in a nonpartisan, informative way to help them really feel comfortable and solid casting their ballot. Yeah. And, you know, this is not a group of people that politicians tend to cater to, right? They're not showing up to address this constituency, even though they do live in their district, right? One of the barriers, obviously, is no home address, no mailbox How can someone in this situation find out what they need to do to vote? So being a mail-in state for voting, as Washington primarily is, we have uh, a really awesome practice that's been put in place where you do not have to have a quote-unquote residential address that looks like, say, my home address and street address where I live in King County. So that residential address is essentially where folks stay, where they live, where they want to be represented. So if they are someone that is mostly living in Seattle or the Pioneer Square area, they can use potentially the address of First Avenue and South Washington. And that will identify for King County Elections Office what should be on their ballot, who they could be voting for. Similarly, if they are are accessing services at a um, homeless service site that allows them to use their address as as a residential address, they could use that potentially as well if it matches up with where they want to be represented. Yeah. Okay. What are the most important things that you try to go over with people you meet at one of your booths? What we're really trying to do is as we're leading up to an election, and we did this for all four elections this year, right? So King County had four different elections for different parts of King County this year. And so we've been doing this all year round and we really lead up to folks. And then what we're hoping to do is to be able to 
come back to those places outside of an election cycle so we can continue to share information um, about how to register to vote, get folks registered, help them really understand uh, what an election cycle is. What does it look like to vote if you've never done that before? What does it look like to do that if you did it in Alabama, but now you're doing it in Washington for the first time? And then a lot of that misinformation, like you've already touched on about uh, you don't need that permanent residential address and that the law has changed, particularly around people with past felony convictions. So um, this is this is information that we really want to be getting out so folks have a really clear understanding that just because you may be living unhoused or uh, experiencing homelessness in this moment, your voice absolutely counts um, in our democracy. Okay. All right. And, you know, Obviously, we're a vote-by-mail state, which is why you can do some of this work. Are there any options for voting in person? Washington State has uh, vote centers. So you can register to vote and cast your ballot all the way up to and on election day, which means if you go to a vote center in King County on November 7th, our general election coming at us quickly here, You can walk into a vote center. You can register to vote. They will print out that ballot that represents, you know, where you're living and who represents you. And you can then fill that ballot out and hand it right back to them. And as long as you do that by 8 p.m., you have voted in that in that general election. And we make sure that folks are aware that they can walk into those vote centers and get everything done in one fell swoop. All right, Jody. before we sign off, you're out working hands-on with people in the community. So what does voting mean to the people you're working with? It's really, really beautiful for folks when they get to connect to community, whether that's something that they didn't think they were ever going to be able to do again, whether that's something that they had done previously and are ready to do it again in their life. Voting can be such a healing way to participate in our community and to feel connected. And uh, we witness that every time we're out in the community doing this work. Really appreciate that, Jody. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That was Jody Rao. She's a senior programs manager with Seattle King County Coalition on Homelessness. King County voter information is available in six languages. We'll include a link in the show notes along with some voting resources from the Seattle King County Coalition on Homelessness. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Like we told you at the top, the show is only possible with your support. Click the link in the show notes to help make it happen. And thanks. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Vaughn Jones, Matt Martin, and Lucy Susek. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.